Good morning. So like last week, this particular gospel reading from the Gospel of Matthew is also included in the Gospels of Mark and Luke. And again, like last week with the healing of the two demoniacs, the other two Gospels help complete and fulfill the picture of what actually happened. In Mark and Luke... This paralytic was, as Father Thomas mentioned, unable to get to Jesus. Jesus was in a house, and the house was full of people, and he was teaching. And there was no way that the paralytic could, even with help, get into the house in the normal way through the door. So he had four really good friends that took him on a wooden bed... And they carried him out of his house to the next door house where they knew Jesus was. And because they couldn't get in through the door, but they had such great love for their friend, and they had such great faith. It's not only about prayer, which it is indeed. This story is about faith. The faith of this paralytic and the faith of these four friends, because they were able to hoist this bed up onto the roof of the house and literally cut a hole in the roof and then lower him safely down without dropping him right in front of Jesus. Now, I want you to imagine if you were that paralytic, and I want you to imagine if you were one of those four friends, How much would you have to believe in order to go through that whole ordeal in case it didn't work? Who here likes to fail? I bet nobody would raise their hand. Who here, even worse, likes to fail publicly? (laughs) This was very public. These five people were taking a huge risk And this is why when Jesus sees what they have done, he says, And Jesus saw their faith and then said to the paralytic. He saw their faith. It was demonstrative in front of everybody how much they believed because they were to go through such an ordeal to get this paralytic to Jesus. And... It's interesting, he says to the paralytic, take heart, my son. That's a very intimate address. Take heart, my son. All of your efforts are going to pay off. Okay, and then in front of all of the people, he says, your sins are forgiven. Now, even if Jesus had the power to forgive this paralytic sins, is that something that people can see with their eyes? Can you see the forgiveness of someone else's sins? It's an invisible action. Now, I want you to pause for a second, and I want you to remember that this was in an area called Capernaum, made up of Jewish residents. It is probable, if not definite, that every single person in that house, including the four men and the paralytic, were Jews. And they believed in God. 
But they believed that God in heaven and God in heaven alone could forgive sins. No human being could forgive another person's sins. That was the power and the authority of God alone. To say otherwise would be indeed blasphemy because you would be making yourself out to be God. Jesus says, Son, take heart, your sins are forgiven in public view. And there were religious leaders, scribes, who were in that house. And they said out loud, or to themselves, I should say, they didn't say it out loud. They said in their thoughts and in their hearts, this man is blaspheming. Nobody heard it because it was inside them. But Jesus, who has the authority to forgive sins because he is God and man, he says, Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, why do you think evil in your hearts? This whole event from beginning to end is staged in such a way that people who have childlike hearts, who are still able to wonder and be in awe at things that happen that they can't understand, that they might come to faith, that the faith of the five people, the four men and the paralytic, might be rewarded, that people might come this much closer to believing that this man, Jesus Christ, is both human and God. And so he says, why do you think evil in your hearts? Why can't you be simple? Why can't you wonder? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or rise and walk to this paralytic? Now, one thing we didn't mention in the child sermon, that if Pano was indeed a paralytic, his body would have been very deformed. It would have atrophied. All of his limbs would have been twisted and deformed. All of his muscles would have shrunk. It would have been so easy to see with the eyes that how impossible this person would have been to be able to walk, much less lift up the bed that he was carried on. So Jesus is saying, you may struggle with a human being saying, your sins are forgiven. But I have the power also to do something that you will struggle with but is visible and you can't deny. I have the power just with my words, just with my voice, to in your sight, right before your eyes, heal this person's body, give it back its strength in order for him to stand and to lift up this wooden pallet and to take it home. And again, he's doing all of this physical, visible stuff for the more important thing of healing a human being's soul. For the sickness of the soul is the direct result of sin. We even know that many illnesses, physical illnesses, are the result of sin. Ultimately, we could say that every illness, every disease, everything that is unnatural, that brings death, is the result of sin. It's the result of the fall. If there were no sin, there would be no death, there would be no sickness, there would be, be no disease. And so how important 
is it that the soul be healed? We value physical health, don't we? Sometimes we even hear, as long as you have your health. We don't really mean that. What we really mean is health is important. But what we really should say, as long as the soul is healthy, everything else will take care of itself. And so Jesus comes to bring spiritual healing. And he says to the man, rise, take up your bed, and go home. And the man instantly is healed, and he rises, and he is able to take his bed and go home. Good morning. Now, what do you think the scribes did in their hearts? Do you think that they had the ability to wonder and to glorify God like these people did? Or do you think that they hardened their hearts and closed up their minds and out of their insecurity and their jealousy wanted to send Jesus away, very much like the villagers did in last Sunday's Gospel when Jesus healed the two men possessed by demons and made them whole? I want our takeaway from this gospel to be two things. I want us to believe, like these five men, that Jesus not only has the power to heal our physical ailments and diseases and illnesses, but more importantly, he has the power to heal our souls through the forgiveness of sins. And that we can't go to any place else or anyone else but Jesus for the healing of our soul through the forgiveness of sins, and that this is very much his desire for us. And secondly, I want us to still have a childlike heart so that we are never clenching anything, that we are never filled with jealousy or insecurity in any way, earthly power or things that we are afraid to lose that could keep us from our relationship with God with Christ. How many human beings who encountered Jesus did not have that childlike simplicity to open up their arms, humble themselves, and take Jesus in and believe? What holds us back from really allowing Jesus Christ into our hearts and into our lives to be the Lord of our life? What are we afraid of or what are we insecure about? How can we purify and simplify our lives in such a way that he becomes the pearl of great price and becomes more important than anything else in this world? These are the two things that I would challenge myself and all of you to really think about and try to make possible in our own lives. Amen.